The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by Alumni Ventures. Invest with confidence. Discover the power of venture investing with Alumni Ventures, America's largest venture firm for individual investors. Learn more at av.vc. LinkedIn presents. Welcome to the Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage and Wall Street alum, top WBE CEOs. I'm here with my co-host, Mita. Hey, Mita. Hey, D. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business leader, a DEI champion, and most importantly, a working mother. And so the story goes, Mita and I, we started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in the workplace. From my perspective as a Black woman, I'm a Black woman over here, and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. At our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy detail out. If you've been listening, then you know that is hashtag facts. But then we provide you with tips that you need, not on how to survive in the workplace, but how do you thrive in organizations today? So Mita, what are we talking about on this show? Another good topic. Buckle up. Okay. How to respond when they say you speak English so well. I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me in my career. And I know people who are listening can really relate to this, D. And as we say, the tips are not just for women of color because we need allies to step up and show up so that our workplaces can change. And so that's our conversation for today. Awesome. I love it. And you know what I I appreciate about the way the show has been unfolding, season one and season two, is that we bring real stories. So some of the stories are our own or some of the stories we've collected, but you always are the keeper of our story. So why don't you share, uh, share your story? All right, let me see if I can surprise Dee. As you know, Dee's sometimes she's heard it all and sometimes I stun Dee, which is always, always, always pretty incredible when I can stun you, Dee. So I say, once upon a time, once upon a time, I am traveling to London to give a really career moment presentation. You know, those presentations. So I'm on stage, I do the presentation. And you know when you get off stage and you're still on that high when you do a presentation, you know you've killed it. Like, I have killed it. I have nailed it. I just know. Get off stage. I come off stage. And a number of senior leaders are there to greet me, including a former boss. And the first thing a white man who's a leader rushes up to me, comes up to me and says, Mita, I had no idea that you speak English so well. (gasps) That was an amazing presentation. You speak English so well. This is the first thing this person comes up and says to me after I have just delivered an amazing killer presentation to I don't know how many people were in that audience. And the first compliment is that I compliment, as my uh, six-year-old daughter does now, air quotes, compliment (laughs) is that I speak English so well. So I, I got to pause and take a breath, D. Oh, D, I stunned you. I can tell. I don't think I've told you that story before. Yeah, no, no, you haven't. But 
it's always just really frustrating. And you know what I uh, realize is in a lot of instances with us, Black and brown mm-hmm. women, the response is about presentation versus content or presentation versus substance. It's, you know, right? So that comment about you speak so well was about the delivery versus the content. Um, I think in another episode, we've talked about, there, you shared a story of somebody in their hair, right? Yeah. Uh, they were there to make, uh, you know, a really substantive uh, contribution to the organization, maybe a report out. And it was yes. an obsession with hair. But do you notice how it's presentation when it comes to people of color, So that's my first takeaway is that his response was about your delivery. I mean, there's lots to unpack here. What were you going to say? No, what I was going to add is, I will tell you, we've talked about this, I'm the proud daughter of Indian immigrant parents. And for much of my life, I have been made to feel like I don't belong in this country. I'm a U.S. citizen. But this question of where are you from? Oh, you speak English. Is it your first language? Oh, you speak English so well. This surprise. It's like I've surprised and delighted you that I can speak English so well. Right. Right. I often also get, interestingly enough, I remember being in college and people thinking I spoke Spanish and being really annoyed that I didn't speak Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. When I am in spaces and places where there are majority individuals of Indian descent, people will assume I speak Hindi. I don't speak Hindi. I speak Bengali. But it's this constant conflict. Like, why does it matter what I speak and how well I speak it? Why is that something that, back to your point, why is that so important to you? Yeah. Why is it so important to you to critique that? And why am I just, why don't I belong in this country just like anyone else? Why do you have to question that I'm not from here or that my English is not good enough or or better than you thought? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think for, so in that instance, I'm thinking about the guy I'm thinking about what is that, what else is that about? It's about his low expectation, right? So that that means he had a lower expectation or the expectation that he had of you is that you would not, either you would not speak English and you wouldn't speak English well. So I think that's an, um, I'm going to say, a bit of a blind spot for leader for people. You know, and by the way, I say leaders for everyone in the workplace. And our show Absolutely. is, you know, we're talking about professionals. So I use it because leadership is not a title or a position. It's an action. So when I say leaders, I'm talking about everybody. But I think this is uh, a point of reflection for leaders about your expectation one, two, it's about your othering people, right? Absolutely. Let's also go to where he could have went, right? Mm -hmm. It's why not just say, you know, I appreciate what you had to share. It was so insightful. Or, you know, I I, I really appreciate your, um, the way you think, your strategic thinking or your eye or your lens into uh, XYZ, into marketing or into this, really just to respond on the content. And so I think that's the problem. The problem is when this happens to us, it is a lower expectation, right? He did not expect, and it is a matter of presentation, the eye or the lens to look at presentation versus substance and look at your unique genius, right? Because I've told you, you are uniquely brilliant in a lot and you surprise people because of your unique genius, but you shouldn't surprise people because you speak English well. That is the, I mean, talk about microaggressive. 
Another show, another show, I'm not even going to go into microaggression because that is an SAT word for racism. I'm just going to say, all right, take us, bring us back, friend. It is microaggressions, right? And I hate the word microaggression because what's the opposite? Macroaggressions? It's the everyday aggressions. Like Michelle Obama says, the everyday paper cuts that women of color endure and over a lifetime, it has a devastating impact on your sense of self-worth, self-confidence. But that example that I gave coming off the stage in London, that's not the only time that's happened to me. Oh, you don't have an accent. When did you learn to speak English? Oh, your English is really good. That, that is a constant sort of theme that's happened to me in, in workplaces and spaces. And I know I'm not alone in that. And also this idea of like an accent. Oh, you don't have an accent. People are, are almost like pleasantly surprised when I show up on screen. I don't have an accent. I'm like, listen, we all have an accent. I don't care where in the world you are. It's the, the ear in which, you, in which you hear, right? We all have an accent. If I am visiting um, another country, if I'm in London, I have an accent there for people who are born and raised in the UK. They, they'll hear, my, hear me speak and say I have an accent. Yes. So we all have accents, right? Yes, yes. It's through the lens in which you hear it. And yeah. so I actually want to build on this because I'm talking about, from my cultural lens, what it means to be um, first generation, born and raised here in the U.S. But one of the things I have come across as a DEI leader, and I know this is the work you do all day, every day for corporations with diverse and engaged, is this notion, this idea that telling, in particular, I will say, a Black woman that she is articulate is a compliment, right? And this will come up in talent reviews or in feedback. And so I want you to unpack this for the allies who are listening, why that is the exact opposite of a compliment. Oh my goodness. It is the probably the worst thing that you could say to a person of color, particularly Black. And what it says is, again, First of all, their lens or the lens is presentation versus substance versus uniqueness. It's it's looking at presentation, how we show up externally, how we communicate, what we look like or how we present. And I'm just going to say this. White people don't have the right to define what is well-spoken. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. Because when we hear that, it is as if they or whomever it is, right, they are the standard. That's that's kind of what that means. And so white people don't have, you don't, you don't have the authority to define what well-spoken English is. So that's one. The other is, you know, you speak, uh, you're so articulate. It's because I'm not expecting you to be articulate. And it's going to go back um, for for Black people. While I think a lot of people question or say, well, racism doesn't exist. And, you know, they're never looking at us from a historical context. We are showing up with our historical everything and all of who we are. When you say we speak so well, you're seeing us as less than. It goes back to uh, Black people being deemed as three-fifths less human, right? So that's where that anchors for us. So for allies listening right now, just know while you may look at an individual just as the individual being articulate or whatever it is, the lens that can help stretch you is just looking at a social cultural context. Whenever you other a Black person, it goes to, it goes back to less than you are less than 
my expectation of you was not that you'd be able to speak well, because I know you are not like me. You are not like me. You're less than. And I know for a lot of folks, you may not mean it at that level, but know that it lands, it lands with us there. Is this making sense, Mita? You are absolutely right. And I think for anyone who's on their journey to be an ally who's listening to this conversation right now, rewind what Dee just said. Please rewind. Because it's intent versus impact, as we always talk about. And that what you were talking about is the impact. The intent might have not been as deep as we're talking about, but guess what? The historical context is important and it still runs very deep in our country and shows up in our workspaces and workplaces. And do what's showing up for me, as you would say, and someone will call me on this, but I can't remember. And I and you have been in a lot of conversations and a lot of meetings and a lot of spaces and places in our careers so far. I can't remember a time when someone actually was evaluating a white leader and used the word articulate or that they were so well-spoken, right? It's very interesting, right? So think about the flip. I can't remember a time when I was ever in a meeting when talent was being evaluated where that description, those words were used for a white leader, which is exactly back to your point on why the context matters so much. Hey, I'm Michael Kovnett, host of The Next Big Idea Daily. The show is a masterclass in better living from some of the smartest writers around. Every morning, Monday through Friday, we'll serve up a quick 10-minute lesson on how to strengthen your relationships, supercharge your creativity, boost your productivity, and more. Follow The Next Big Idea daily wherever you get your podcasts. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. These are good ways to, I think, gauge if you're doing the right thing or if you are in your own bias and stereotype. It's, is that a word, right? You Let's just make this a learning, a teachable moment. Is articulate, like you said, is articulate a word that you would use for, for white male or white female? No. So then, okay, that's probably not appropriate. And I love that you uh, amplified and called out that while it may not be meant with that level of thought and intention and hurt and harm, it lands, it lands like that. You know, and and another is you don't sound black, right? That's another microaggression. Oh, you don't, you don't, you don't sound black, right? A lot of black people get that. You don't sound black. It's the flip. Do we ever say to someone, you don't sound white? Right. No. Exactly what you're saying. Take a mm-hmm. moment in your head right? Here's the thing when it comes to, we all have biases, conscious, unconscious, we struggle with. I always say, no one can hear what's happening in your head. That first thought pops in. Let it sit with you and think about it. Control it before you decide what action you're going to take next, right? Because it's about education and learning. If I had the thought that I was going to use the word articulate, before I say it, let me stop and think why I am choosing that word. And also, it's a very, I think, lazy approach to describe 
and give feedback, right? Especially for in my situation, going back different. You speak English so well. I just delivered back to your presentation. I delivered a killer presentation. What did I do? I just proposed a game-changing proposal for the company. I implemented the pilot. I'm showing the metrics of what we did in this market. Like that's the like level of detail when we talk about feedback. You can go back to season one and listen to that episode. This is like lazy feedback. What does that even mean? You speak English so well, or that oh, you're so articulate. So, D, what I want to ask you for allies listening because we've been in rooms. I know people listening who are on their journey to be an ally. You've been in a room where I'm going to use D as my friend as an example. D's being evaluated and a leader says, "Yeah, you know, D's so articulate." So like, what do you do in that moment? You talk a lot about the work you do with diverse and engage interrupt in the moment. What is what do you say in the moment? Is it the open-ended question? Is it the that's inappropriate? Let me tell let me educate you and tell you why. What's your advice? This is really good. I think it's the open-ended question. Um, say more about that. What do you mean by that? I think it goes back to a seek first to understand. So leave room for understanding and awareness and kind of hold space for that. So I think it could be that versus checking challenging. Just you want to hear how people are processing, right? Because I think when people are processing, then they can come to, in some instances, their own awareness. Yeah, what what are you saying and what else? And so I'd ask the question, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by articulate or say say more about articulate? And how might that be be different from from others or right? Because you want to hear, right? You want to be again to process. So I think that's the way to handle that before then we give this baseline, I think, on many of our shows. Is that a word that you would use to describe anybody else on your team? Or or is that just reserved for the standard that you have for D, right? Articulate, well-spoken. Well, what else? Because clearly we hired her. Because listen to this, clearly we hired her not because she's articulate and well-spoken. She has to have some skill. Yeah, exactly. And exactly to what you said, is this universally a term that we use? I love the coaching on like asking the open-ended question. So you lead people down the path. And allyship, is not for the faint-hearted. It takes courage. We know that. And so to do that in a way where you ask the open-ended questions, and then I would then say a challenge to those listening. If you've been in that situation and you've asked the open-ended questions, afterwards, pull me aside. If I am the one who's made the comment about D, the one-on-one education, pull me aside and say, this is probably not what you meant. I'm going to give you a pass. But let me explain to you why this is why that language is so hurtful and damaging. Because that's what the important piece is. Because to your point, you want people with the open-ended questions to come to their own, hopefully, you start thinking, wow, I shouldn't have used that word. That's but it. there are going to be some people who won't get it. That's it. They won't get it. So if they don't get it, you need to pull them aside and help them get it one-on-one. Because many of us, if it's a public setting, you might get defensive, right? Might not be the right context to do it there, but you need to interrupt after the fact. You need to keep interrupting. Yep. You you absolutely do. I know we're getting ready to come to the end of the show and we're going to get to the tips. Yeah. I think it's, you know, we've said this on other shows, but just seeing people for their unique value. So having that expectation and expanding your language, right? About individuals who don't look like you, 
right? Seeing their value, whether they are a critical thinker, a strategic thinker, they're really creative, or they're very knowledgeable or subject matter expertise in this. They're uniquely brilliant at that, right? I think it's, I think that's the place to go. So this has been amazing, amazing, Mita. Thank you. D, I have one other question for you. Oh yeah, let's go. Before we go to tips, let me ask you this. Because I've been asked this before. What do you say? Now, this is, again, we're going to leave the tips because we don't constantly want, we talk about this. It is so exhausting. Allies, listen up. For Black and brown women, for all of us to constantly have to defend ourselves when these things are happening in the workplace, we need help. We can't bear this burden. And it's up to us whether or not we want to respond. So when someone says to me, you speak English so good, if I got the energy and I've had two cups of coffee, I might say, well, what made you think I wouldn't? I don't know if you have something else, but that's something like, why do you seem surprised? Oh, you seem surprised. Let's discuss. Right. It depends yes. on my level of energy. Yes. Right. I think yes. that's what it depends on and where I am mentally. But any other tips on like how to respond? Yeah. What was what was your expectation? And was there any anything else that you were able to take away from what you heard? All right. So now we get to the good part. It's the action. It's the takeaway. Um, and why I hope that this show is of value to you, that you are not just <laughs> getting insight and perhaps entertain, but that you also get some takeaways. So Mita, why don't you take us to our tips? Yes, Dee. Today's tips we're going to do through the lens of an ally because we've talked about this. It is enough is enough. The burden on black and brown women to constantly have to defend themselves and these microaggressions occurred. You heard how D and I might handle when someone says to you, oh, you speak English so well, but these tips are for allies. So number one, allies, pull up, listen up. Saying to someone, you speak English so well is not a compliment, not a compliment, period. Number two, what I want allies to do is think about Ask yourself why. Dee and I talked about that. Do some self-reflection. If that's the first thing you think about when I come off stage after giving a presentation that my English is so good so well, what is underneath that? And that's the self-work that has to begin. And number three, D, over to you to bring us home. Number three, I want you to do some tracking, just tracking and recording your language. Every time you say articulate, well-spoken, If that doesn't speak to you, I want you to download after this podcast, how many times or when was a time where you gave the feedback, he or she speaks so well, they're so articulate. I think the self-reflection and the exercise would be really helpful, really valuable, because when you track, then you can change. And those are our tips for today. Mita. Wow, Dee. When you can track, you can change. Well, we have so enjoyed this episode and having you sit at our table. Dee and I appreciate you so much. Uh, please, if you enjoyed Brown Table Talk, please give us a like, a share, a review. Spread the word with your communities and we will see you next time. Side effects of listening to Brown Table Talk may include allies unleashed, getting paid more, and a dose of badassery all the way around. More at www.roundtabletalkpodcast.com.